<sighs> yeah. I, ho- I hope you have right? <laughs> I want to I talk about stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah, let's talk about stuff that doesn't matter, oh, because man. that's what we're here for. We're here to not talk about the politics, to not talk about the coronavirus, although, yes, the coronavirus has affected a lot of our media. And we literally talked about politics in the last episode about X-Men. But, oh, we you did. Know, it, was a current, it wasn't current politics, I'll say that. Yeah. We're not talking about a current political climate. There you go. None of that mess in here. No. But, uh, yeah, we'll talk about past political climates. No, we won't. We're going to stay away from it. No yeah, politics still, today. Still no. no. Actually, no. You know, I, I heard this song recently about the election of 1800. Uh, it was pretty catchy. You know, good good uh, lyrics to it. That was a, it was a very poorly executed Hamilton reference. <laughs> they should go listen to that episode. It's true. All of Man. you. Right now. I, Pause I'm, this episode. Go, go listen, listen to, to Hamilton. <laughs> I'm so torn because, like, I want to watch Hamilton again, but it's deceptively longer than I remember it being. It is. Because, like, it, when you get in the middle of it, it goes by so fast, but when you sit down for it, it's like, oh, this thing's really, like, two and a half, three hours long. My son had a friend over, and they were, um, has this basketball goal in his room, and so it's kind of like at the arcade where two people can shoot at the same time, and you see how many goals you can make, how many baskets you can shoot. Um, in a certain amount of time they were playing that and then his friend turns on hamilton as they're shooting baskets i hear it from the kitchen i say are y'all listening to hamilton and his friend's like yeah man i love this i love hamilton hamilton's the greatest he's like 10 years old look up in the sky it's a bird it's a plane nope no 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 superheroes here just Jay and John. Welcome to the nerdiest podcast you'll ever hear. They didn't ask us. Welcome back to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and of course, with me here, I've got my co-host Chester McLovin. Hey. I didn't know what to do with that. Like I didn't Chester, know what you were going to do with that, honestly. Chester and McLovin are two different people to me. Oh, okay. Like Chester, Chester is either the Linkin Park guy, R.I.P. Uh-huh. Or, or a cheetah. Like, I mean, yeah. And then McLovin, <laughs> there's one and only McLovin. So I'm trying to imagine like a Chester-Cheetah-McLovin hybrid. And I feel like that's just going to be like the early in the game cheetah cg for wonder woman it's kind of what that looks like okay i gotcha interesting or like if if someone tried to do the wonder woman 1984 cheetah but in like microsoft paint (laughs) that's what that's what that looks like that's what that looks like combined with mclovin it ain't easy being cheesy so we've got a lot of news this well not a lot of news but we've got news this week good news bad news meh news i know that everybody's probably been on board or at least paying attention to this spider-man stuff he's everywhere he's got his webs and everything it seems Stop. and i mean it it can get pretty sticky i just you know the bad jokes are my thing jay you're taking my you're taking my shtick a live action spider-verse actually could be in the works at least it certainly seems that way absolutely there's no are confirmation referring, are you referring to the confirmed casting of benedict cumberbatch in the new spider-man movie yes i am 
Yes. And then, are you alluding to the rumor that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire will be returning? You better believe it. Oh my gosh, dude. I want it so bad. A live-action Spider-Verse. How cool. The the inherent danger with it, also, I feel like what DC is going to run into, the, the animated Spider-Verse is beautiful. It's wonderful. It's an amazing movie. I don't know. We, we reviewed it, I think, didn't we? Because um, I know I watched it, and I think I watched it for the pod. I don't know if... But I don't, I I don't we remember. Did. We have a year's <laughs> worth of episodes now, so they're we all do. kind of running together. There, there might be one in there somewhere. I know we've talked about it before, and just how beautiful it is. Yeah, but th- like to me, Into the Spider-Verse, the animated movie, is in the in the ballpark of a 10 out of 10. Oh, yeah, It's definitely. a beautiful, incredible movie. I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man, and I like Benedict Cumberbatch as Stephen Strange. I'm glad they brought back Sam Raimi. No, Sam Raimi is the new uh, Doctor Strange director, not the new Spider-Man director. I want the new Spider-Man movie to be good, but it can't be better than Into the Spider-Verse. I will say it is impossible to improve on that movie. We'll agree with you, but we'll also say that it's going to stand alone. Like, I don't think anything will be able to beat Spider-Verse, but only because it was unique. And not only animation style, but the voice acting was very diverse. The storyline was really good. And the message in it, too, was also really good. So because of that, it's it's always going to stand alone. Like, it, it, I don't think anything's really going to be able to touch it. But you could have a live-action Spider-Verse that ends up being really awesome. And sure, it won't beat it. Or be compare. I, I just don't think you'll be able to compare the two. In the ultimately, that, in the sense that they'll be too different that they can operate independently. Correct. Okay. Because now, I mean, I want it to happen, but I also like thinking about the MCU in a post Avengers world, which is where we are. Right. The MCU has peaked. It has. Will only go down from here. Not in terms of like quality. Qu- not in terms. Yeah. Not in terms of quality, but like it's not going to be the event that it was up until now right and i wonder if so i know sony has the uh sony pictures universe of marvel characters idea spunk yeah i was trying not to say that but the spider like established comic book characters that have been around for so long and loved and so for so long like spider-man can carry a multi-plot, multi-movie series. Definitely. So if you if you flesh out Spider-Gwen, if you bring in Silk, if you somehow establish the difference between Spider-Man, Amazing, and Ultimate, there are a whole lot of threads that you can weave together a separate standalone Spider-Verse with. A whole lot of webs, <sighs> if you will. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, Spider-Man has always, you know, kind of like Batman... I know I I seem to compare them a lot, but they are very similar in that they have so many villains that you can use, so many different stories, so many different plots. There's been so many different versions of that character. You know, you it's it really is kind of infinite. And and so it made sense to make a Spider-Verse movie, animated movie because there is so much you can do with that. Unlimited amount of content. So yeah, I I think I think this has potential. For sure. No, it, it definitely has legs. And I feel like in the... Eight again, of them? I, I know we said we wouldn't... Stop it. I know You're we setting said we it wouldn't. up. I'm just... I know. You know it's, it's an alley-oop there. It's it's a subconscious thing at this point. Like, I make so many bad <laughs> jokes. They just happen. 
I don't think they'll like confirm or deny really anything at this point because the fact that they have a rumor mill in 2020, the way things are right now, that's almost best case scenario mm-hmm. is like, Hey, they're talking about us. Yeah. Cause I mean, <laughs> like I went and saw Tenet in the theaters and I've been going to the theaters. We've, we've been going still most every Tuesday night. No one's there. Yeah. There are every now and then there's a first run movie. But, like, this past Tuesday, we saw Clue, hmm. which is, it's so good. It it's is such a good a, movie. It's such a great That's a movie. classic. But uh, I worry about it, because the movie theater is an institution, and I have a lot of friends who work at the local theater where I live. I don't know. I want to see them make it. We'll actually, we'll get to that here in a moment. But first, Star Wars news. Mandalorian Season 2 starts up end of next week, October 30th. I just kind of wanted to put that reminder out there, because I, for one, am super excited about it. I don't know how you feel about it, John. I'm I'm very excited, but it's kind of a muted excited, because there's just one episode. Oh, right. So it's like, there's I still plenty get... of time for it to crash and burn. <laughs> no, not, not that there is time for it to crash and burn. It's that I'm trying to not hype up my excitement and get super pumped for an hour and a half you know because this is the type of excitement that i want to be able to last all season yeah i want the season to be top to bottom excellent if i hype it up too much now no matter what happens i will be disappointed just because of the the length in between in between the time i'll be watching these episodes i don't know if this says anything about what this season might look like but i do know that season three is already shooting and should begin by the end of this year. I'll be honest with you, that worries me. It's dangerous. Yeah, because I remember... So, one of my like MCU hipster things I tried to do, when I heard Guardians was announced, I didn't know anything about it, nothing about the team, the makeup, the characters, anything. So, I had I went out and bought a couple of volumes of the book, and I read up on it. I was like, oh, these characters are you know really cool, and they have really good backstories and i was so cool i thought to myself i've never been cool jay you're supposed to try to buoy my self-confidence in in, in your own world you're very cool that is so backhanded but i'm here for it but it was I'm like, not either i can't say anything it was like a month or so before the movie even came out they were like yeah you know we've we've started work on the sequel and i was like uh-oh this could go poorly mm-hmm. and i mean obviously you know guardians was great Guardians 2, not so great. So I saw on Twitter today, to interrupt your news rhythm, that apparently the DCAU is about to add one of the most iconic Batman plots. And it has flown completely under my radar. Because Death in the Family... Oh, Death in the Family. Death in the Family is coming to DCAU. That's right, I saw that. I'm here for it. Because that is like the Jason Todd plot. And the thing I saw that made it so interesting on Twitter... So the the book plot, for those of you who are unaware, at the end of one issue, it was really vague uh, if Joker had killed Jason Todd or not. Like, he could come back, but he could be dead. And what DC did, because Jason was a fairly unpopular character, they established, I think it was like a 1-800 number. No, that it was two, because one to call in if you want him to live, and one to call in if you want him to die. <laughs> wow. So by the phone votes... Jason Todd died. And I mean, he was brought back later in Under the Red Hood, which is a book and a movie that I love. The The DCAU Death in the Family 
is interactive in the sense that you can choose what ending you want. Oh, interesting. So, so what, you can choose the ending that never happened. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'd be interested to see what that ending looks like. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited about that. Because huh. I feel it's, it's a small matter of shame on my Batman fanhood because I've never read it. I've never read Death in the Family. Yeah, me neither. And I, I know to, a lot I, about it. I've read Death of the Family. Yeah, that's a little... was a, a new 52, like, massive Batman universe crossover event. And that was really cool. Death in the Family has got to be, like, a top five all-time Batman plot. I'm I'm so excited for it. That's what I needed at the end of a long week. Just get ambushed with this great news that the DCAU, who has probably the most, or I would say the strongest media credibility for DC, because the movies hit and miss is still a compliment to the DC Cinematic <laughs> Universe. Yeah. Video games have been super far and in between right now. Usually they're pretty good, but they're just infrequent. TV shows, I feel like they're dying just because Arrow is gone. And the rest of them, I feel like, are going to follow eventually. I mean, what else even is there? Like, radio? We all know DC Comics doesn't have a radio. They barely have comics. <laughs> yeah. So, the the worry that I have with DCAU, and I feel like I've brought this up to you before, they animate all of their best plots. So, what does that leave for their movies? Precisely. Because they can either... And they animate them well is the other problem. The The quality is good. The voice acting is good. So it's like, you know, when you, when we go to make this movie, how can we make this movie without it being redundant? And also, like, so the, the Under the Red Hood movie, even the supporting characters have great, great talent. It's like, you couldn't get NPH, or Neil Patrick Harris, for people with lives and don't abbreviate his name. Like, you couldn't get him to be a bit part character in a Batman live-action movie, I don't think. Probably not. I think he would, depending on the tone or the look of the movie he would be such a fun riddler yes he would i don't think that's the tone any batman movie is going to be taking for a bit because the new one still looks decently dark very who are you vengeance i'm batman <laughs> he just has like helium in his mask <laughs> it's my new voice changer alfred set it up sounds like mickey mouse oh boy uh, now Go goofy is robin <laughs> <laughs> Where is this conversation going? Oh my goodness. I don't know, but I want to see it. Just wait. What? DC will fail, Disney will buy them out, and then oh. we'll, we'll get to see that. Uh, that's so sad, but at the same time, like, almost a light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, I'm so... Oh. Speaking of Disney, going back to Star Wars, did you see that November 17th Lego Star Wars Christmas special is coming to Disney Plus? I did. With the the best little poster, Definitely. it has a leg a Lego hand. The you know the little landmines that you probably have all around your houses or or apartments wherever you are with a little bow on it. It says to Luke from Dad. It was great. I <laughs> I loved it. Oh my gosh! It, the poster is what caught my attention first, and I was like, you know, this might actually be pretty good. And I'm hoping that they actually just make fun of the Christmas special the whole time. Oh, that would be beautiful. Because I, I feel like that's you, almost what you have to do. Have you watched it? No. Oh, really? No. Oh, you should totally watch it. Just for the sake of just because it's Star Wars. It's horrible. It's the worst thing I've ever watched. Yeah, that's why I haven't watched it. Oh, 
but it's one it's like a it's like a train wreck or uh i don't know just something like the the colloquial for a train wreck is like it's terrible but you can't look away yeah you just want to keep watching because you're like wow this is amazing no i i get that but like nah now rumor has it that the bad batch will be hitting disney plus around march or april Um, and this is the standalone this is the the standalone yeah okay which I'm surprised we haven't seen more about that. If it is going to be hitting that soon, I figured there would have been a trailer or something by now. And then the other rumor is, and, and this has kind of been talked about for a while, is that Star Wars Rebels, which is a show that you and I have both, would a door be the right word? I wouldn't call it the wrong word. We're fans. I will of it. say. So I'm thinking back. Rebels probably came out what like the mid 2010s. Uh, something like that. Yeah. I don't have like a an an all inclusive list of Star Wars shows movies and games to have come out since then comfortable saying rebels is probably the best star wars media that has come out since it premiered yeah i agree so yeah i rate it super high yeah it's um but we both loved it and you know they kind of leave it open where they could continue on the story or they could just leave it where it is. They have said that they are making a Rebels sequel series that's going to be starring Sabine and Ahsoka. Um, And it's going to be hitting Disney Plus next summer. Um, Now, my question is, when is this going to take place? Because if it takes place before Mandalorian, then we should be getting a lot of Ahsoka for Mandalorian. However, if it takes place during or after mandalorian we may not get a lot of ahsoka my assumption and again it is just me reacting to what you're saying i think it's going to take place not immediately after the series finale but in the near future because i mean if you think of mandalorian or rebels uh of rebels okay so i think it's going to take place between the two okay i think there will be some time between when rebels ends and if they call it star wars rebels i'll actually be kind of pissed to be honest with you Mm -hmm. like because at that point it doesn't really make sense yeah you can allude to it for sure you can call it like after rebels when when in the timeline is mandalorian so mandalorian is because i'm I'm blanking it's like i want to say it's like maybe been 20 years after jedi after jedi okay maybe and rebels ends roughly when they destroy the first death star right rebels ends right after the battle of endor really i thought it ended after the first one so they're they're deceptively close in time then i'm still gonna think that you know what i'm gonna while you're you're gonna look it up okay so i'm gonna monologue for a little bit while he's looking you, you, you monologue um what makes the most sense to me, because like you were saying, you don't want to play with the Ahsoka role in Mandalorian because Mandalorian is arguably the hottest Star Wars property right now in terms of like near universal likability. And Rebels is another one that like, I would say even more than Mandalorian because kids watch it, adults watch it, parents will watch it with their kids. And like, it's, it's such a great show. And you don't necessarily want to pit them one against the other. You would want to have them, you know, work symbiotically. So if, and she still hasn't been confirmed in Mandalorian Season 2, has she? No, not officially. So so if Ahsoka is in Mandalorian Season 2, 
you don't want whatever happens in whatever this new show is going to be called to play a bigger role in a different medium, like a different a different show, basically. So Mandalorian takes place just nine, yeah, nine years after Return of the Jedi. So it's really close. It's not a lot of wiggle room, yeah. No. You so, might al- you might almost have to start the new show the next scene then if you want to give it the most longevity. Yeah. That's a- that's that's actually kind of upsetting for me. The thing that the thing that now that I'm thinking about it, do you want to know what the what Mandalorian and Rebels both have in common? The dark saber. Right. So that, abs- that absolutely would be addressed. Sabine doesn't have it at the no, end of Rebels. Sabine didn't it's have still it. on Mandalore, but somehow it gets from Mandalore, whatever that guy's name is. I have no idea what his name is. So they could... Hold, hold up. The actor who plays the big bad in Mandalorian is Gus from Breaking Bad, right? Right. Okay, yeah, I want to call him Gus. Because <laughs> that's not his character at all. Well, it's just funny how like he's been the big villain for a lot of shows here recently. Yeah, I'm just gonna... And have half your face missing. Oh my gosh, yeah. Spoiler alert. That was such a great show. I know you've never seen it. I've never seen Breaking Bad. <laughs> I know you've never seen it, but man, it's good. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I'm interested to see what this uh, Rebels show looks like. Um, Rebels sequel. I'm just wondering when it's going to be set. I think is really the only thing. Because they got a lot going on right now. Their timelines are starting to get a little crowded. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, And then last, of course, I think we may have talked about this last time, but No Time to Die has been pushed back again. I'm so sad. And due to that, I don't know if it was specifically that one, but Regal Cinemas is shutting down until further notice. I feel like it was definitely more of a straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Because I know even in March... It was the the Bond movie was looked at like this could still keep us afloat, and then mm-hmm. when they pushed it back, they were like, okay, you know, we could still do this. We can hold out for Bond, and then they pushed Bond back again, and they were like, Bond is pushed, Widow is pushed already. Like there isn't a marquee and Tenant underachieved so drastically, yeah, with its with its um, theatrical take, how much money it earned in the theater. I think it was it's more cost effective to shutter even temporarily than it would be to keep hoping that there's going to be a movie that will just like bring everybody back. Yeah, it's for now. It's pretty sad though. It's weird to think that these theaters and and you know, I mean it makes sense for them though. I mean, I know a lot of people are not going to get paid now. Yeah. You know, and they've lost their jobs, but at the same time for the company itself it makes sense to go ahead and do this, save a lot of money. Yeah. But at the same time, you could show older stuff like some of our local places yeah. are doing here. The The worry that I have when movie theaters come back, studios are going... It's, it's trending in the direction that studios will be able to own the entire chain of release for their product. So instead of like Regal or AMC or whatever chain you have close to you, you would have the Sony theater. You would have the Disney theater. And what that would do is 
the other theaters, like the the local independent theater that I love, they might be theoretically able to acquire a Disney movie, but the rate to it, like the the money of it to try to get that in your theater would just be through the roof mm-hmm. because Disney will own a theater chain. I, I'm so worried that that'll happen because I think that would be terrible for the industry. Oh, I agree. So I know we said we try not to talk about politics and stuff on this, but like that's, I don't, I mean, I don't feel like there's a way to not talk about that in like given what our subject is. Yeah. The context. Sure. So I don't know. It's the, the tiniest soapbox that I feel like I can get on, on this podcast is just like educate yourself about that and try to fight it as best as you can. I don't know. You can't win against Disney, but I don't know. It's disheartening a little bit. We do still have a lot of entertainment coming out, um, at least straight to the streaming services. You know, Disney has uh, Soul coming out, I think, either next month or um, maybe December. I can't remember. Um, Mulan's going to be wide release (laughs) for Disney Plus here soon. There's a few other little things, I think, that are coming out. And then, of course, we've got things like Mandalorian. And then, also, we've got a bunch of old movies that we can watch, too. So this is a good time. If you ever had that list of movies that you've ever wanted to watch... Oh, you, you know? can power through them, for sure. Oh, now is the best time to start doing that. So I thought... You mentioned that Soul was coming to Disney+. Plus. I thought mm-hmm. it was going... I thought it got pushed back and it was going to be a theatrical release next year. No, it it's they've... it's it's hitting Disney Plus on Christmas. I looked uh, it up. Okay, like, I okay. have it pulled up right here. I don't know that my emotional health is enough that I can watch that movie. <laughs> yeah, it looks like real. Yeah, it does. Because like Inside Out, watching that as somebody with a history of mental illness, like Inside Out hurts. It's a great movie and it's a very powerful movie. But like, and even like even onward, when it's like. I have a really good relationship with my dad. I have a really strong um, relationship with him. But watching that movie is still just like the emotion of that movie gets you. And you're like, I love my dad. And not, I mean, not every Disney Pixar movie is like that because I I somewhat infamously have this unattachment to Wally. I think it's overrated and I don't like it. I don't like it either. But like Up, Up is such a good movie. Yeah. And it's so emotionally charged, and it's, oh, man. And, and Soul, had... Soul, I think, is going to just dial all of that up to 11. And I'm scared. Yeah, they're not, uh, they definitely started changing the their um, messages a little bit. Seems like around up is when it started getting more emotionally charged. Because you had, like, Toy Story, Bugs Life, Monsters, Inc., like, those were kind of happy-go-lucky. How much of it do you think could be Disney-Pixar kind of maturing their movies along with their initial audiences? Could be. They so could Toy, be part Toy of Story it. was arguably the first, if not the first, um, widely successful Disney-Pixar. And it came out in 1995. And I just pulled up Up. Up came out in 2009. So that's a 14-year gap, and let's assume you watch, you were born in the late 80s, early 90s, you grew up with Toy Story, Toy Story 2, Bugs Life. As you get into your your late teens, 20s, your 30s, these movies are still accessible to you, and then as you have kids, it's still that, like, yeah, you know, I would want to watch that. 
Mm-hmm. And not like, ugh, another kid's movie. Like, (laughs) I'm sure you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Pixar movies, I will watch those all day long. You mean you don't want to watch Paw Patrol, the movie, for the 80th time? Not really, no. No no parent does. Because after after the 30th time (laughs) was probably my limit. 80 was just, that's just too much. But yeah, no, I I agree. So yeah, so, so now's a good time to catch up on those movies that you've always wanted to watch or you've had like saved on your uh amazon list or whatever you know now's the time to watch him i'm just i'm laughing over here because i'm thinking about the movies that i've had in my netflix list for like 10 years and it's like yeah i want to watch that but there's either like another movie or you know a game or like a stand-up special that I would watch for like the tenth time above watching a movie for the first time. I just I don't know. There are great movies that I've never seen that I'm probably never going to see because I'm such a creature of habit. I've been trying to make myself watch other things, and I may not watch it all in one sitting, but I'll watch it in pieces. So like on my lunch break, I'll start to watch it. I'll watch about an hour of it, and then stop it and pick it up the next day. So I've been doing that a lot. But we'll we'll get to that at the end. But for now, it's time to talk about the movie that we're reviewing this week. Um, a movie that, truthfully, just up front, I don't really care about all that much. But it's a Halloween movie. Also, truthfully, and this isn't going to narrow it down uh, for any viewers, um, it's a movie that I had never seen until yesterday. This is exciting so the, for me. the night before recording... I watched it for the first time, which, again, I have not seen so many iconic movies. I imagine that doesn't narrow it down for anybody. That's right, folks. We're reviewing Godfather Part 2. That was a juke. The opposite end of the spectrum. (laughs) The absolute opposite end. Hocus Pocus. (laughs) A classic Halloween movie, which we'll get a, a very, very interesting history with this movie, actually. I did not know anything about the history of this movie until I knew that we were going to be reviewing it. And then I was like, you know what? I should look up some facts about it. Yeah. Crazy movie. I, I can't wait to I, talk about it. I'm excited that you can't wait to talk about it because I know nothing about this movie. Only that it exists and that people love it and that I'm not one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. And that is fine. So Hocus Pocus came out in 1993. So go ahead and put your 93 glasses on when watching this movie, if you can. Oh, I was one. So you you can't even put those on. Oh my gosh. Here, let me help you. Imagine a little like one-year-old glasses. There's little little itty-bitty spectacles. So, uh, story. Let's see, we'll do non-spoilers i mean good gracious this movie came out in 93 if you haven't seen this movie then you're john um no john has seen this movie thank you (laughs) so it's halloween night in 1993 when salem newcomer max dennison makes a bad choice accidentally awakening three witches who have been dead for 300 years Still harboring hard feelings after their 17th century execution, the witches launch into into horrifying the town. Max and his friends must stop the the diabolical trio 
before more magical mayhem takes place. Thank you, IMDB, for brief summary. <laughs> so it, so after I'll I'll jump in right here. It starts off with the scene Jay referenced their 17th century execution. It starts out in the 17th century. Yes. And freaking uh, McGee from NCIS is the the main character of that scene. Mm-hmm. And I just I could not disconnect those two things because I only know him as McGee from NCIS. And he wouldn't be McGee from NCIS for another 10 to 12 years, but he looked the same. And I was just sitting like I was sitting on the couch watching him. And I was like, "Where's his badge? Where's the rest of his team? Like, come on now, what's going on?" And it just the the disconnect for me did not happen. Now you're talking about Thackeray Binks. Ugh, Th- Thackeray. Thackeray. Spell it is it is genuinely T H. It's a. not every character had a lisp. For clarification, if you like me had not seen this movie before, that's very upsetting. <laughs> Thackeray, not Zachary. Thackeray. Yeah. What's the deal with that? Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> that's funny now you know what's interesting about the thackeray is and now we're gonna jump into spoilers because we don't we're not spoiler free in this podcast we don't care but jason marsden actually did the voice of thackeray after he turned into the cat oh yeah um, oh yeah before he before the witches die they turn him into an immortal cat right just you know in case this wasn't ridiculous enough to start jason marsden he yeah so he turns into the cat i don't know why they didn't just use the same guy for the voice of the cat but they didn't and that doesn't uh, make sense it doesn't i'm gonna look it up because that's the type of thing i could see being so discussed it would be like on the wikipedia page because uh jason marsden was the mat was uh the voice for max in the goofy movie huh Maybe that's why they got him, is because they already had him. I guess so. But it didn't make sense to me that you would not use the same actor, like, after he turns into the cat. Apparently, DiCaprio was offered the lead role of Max, but declined it. Good for him. In order to pursue what's eating Gilbert Grape. Just a little bit different of a movie there. What is eating Gilbert Grape? Um, so let's see, he was, he was early teens in the 90s. Probably like a crippling midlife crisis. Ah, uh, poor guy. <laughs> I know. I know that was a hype, like a, a rhetorical question, but I'm all about answering rhetorical questions. So yeah, his uh, and his little sister. So the whole reason he got into that situation in the first place. John's what? face. You're shocked. Shocking. In, in October of 2019, a sequel was announced to be in development as a Disney Plus exclusive film. Uh huh. Sequel is currently in development. Why? Why not? The well, again, you've said spoilers. The movie ends, the heroes win, the villains lose. They're dead. I don't know. Like, I like don't know dead, what they dead. could do. I don't know. I feel like the only thing you could do is just like You could do a prequel. Seventeenth century, just an entire film in the seventeenth century. I'd be alright with that. Which it would be better to do that now than in the nineties, just because I mean, costuming is better, CG is better, everything is better. (laughs) The whole reason this story began is because um, Thackeray's sister gets kidnapped by the horse face. I mean, um, Sarah Jessica Parker. 
I don't know that I've ever wanted to swear so badly on this podcast. Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, or Sarah, as she's known in the movie, uh, kidnaps the little sister and uh, Thackeray is like, oh no, I gotta save my sister. I don't even remember her name. Emily. That's right. I just scrolled up to the cast. Or was it Thimily? Maybe it I, was I honestly don't Thera. know what you could, how you could mispronounce Emily. Uh, Emily? Emily? That, that seems very 17th century. Emily? Emily? Emily Binks. And so they turn him into a cat. They hang the witches. But before they do, they drop the book like an idiot. The book happens to open to the perfect page. And the witches are like, hey, we're going to do this spell. And we'll come back when a virgin lights the candle they played that bit up so much they were like yeah and he's a virgin like, and I was like every other ni- word <laughs> the 90s were a very different place yes they were now, even the fake cop pulls him over at one time and he's like are you really a virgin he's like yeah he's like yeah all right what's well, it to you bub when did he become wolverine <laughs> i don't know who else says bub it seems like a 90s thing to say that's fair yeah, so anyway, then it jumps to 93, and the Salem is still obsessed with Halloween and this story of the witches. Oh yeah, that's right, the teacher was telling the story. I forgot that. Uh, 17th century was fine to me. I was like, alright, this is pretty I mean, cool. This, fine this, isn't this the is word I would movie. use. It was yeah. serviceable. This is good. This is gonna be good. And then it jumps to 93, and that's when it just becomes cheesy and awkward. And So... And, My, and, and awkward. Awkward, absolutely. And, and really awkward. So the, the thing that gets me about this movie is the pacing. Because it is 96 minutes long, I think, including credits. Yeah, they're sprinting the whole time. So, but the, the, the thing that happens when you do that, very rapid plot movement. So they spend like a comfortable 10 to 15 minutes in the 17th century. And then they spend a good 20 to 30 minutes... With just this absolute cringe show of establishing, like, it's Halloween, Max has a sister, she's a twerp, but he has to go trick-or-treat with her because the adults are going to this other party, and it's like, there's there's cringe bullies that are very 90s, and he has the, the love interest because, obviously, and... Allison, once, Allison. Once the... Oh my gosh. The little sister is written so horribly for the first at least half of this movie awful awful writing and i mean it's a kid actor so it's not like you know you have who's who's an icon you don't have jack nicholson out there delivering these lines although that would be really funny to see jack nicholson but his character is an eight-year-old girl (laughs) but then once once the sanderson sisters get brought back i definitely think the like the the pacing of it settles down it it goes it it, the dialogue becomes better the characters act better they act better like off of each other yeah well and once you once you you suffer through the opening of this movie it really levels out well you get introduced to the to the three sisters at this point and the three of them together are a really good like they did well in the casting of the witches 
I felt mm-hmm. the the that part itself was written really well because he had the kind of the ringleader, you know, the the leader of the group that was, you know, I guess you could say smart. She was the smart one, and then you had the the flighty blonde, stupid one that's an airhead, and then you had one that was just, I would say, almost pure comedic relief. Yeah, like you, yeah. I would say I would actually I would change the characterization to say like the leader like the smart one the the hot one because Sarah Jessica Parker is supposed to be the more attractive of the three of them right and then the the plucky comic relief mm-hmm. is how that was supposed to happen and it, it plays out pretty well there are also some hilarious jokes in this I will I will say like there's a scene <laughs> There's a scene when the Sanderson sisters see a bus for the first time, <laughs> yeah. and they get on this bus. Well, where where can I take you? He was like, oh, wherever. I don't I don't know. And they're like, oh well, what do you want? And the witches go, children. And the bus driver goes, it might take me a minute, but I'll do what I can. Oh man, I lost it, dude. That is a Shrek level joke in a kids movie. Because you, you know they would have made that joke in Shrek. That was a dirty little movie. Bubble, bubble. And then I also liked when they get to the road and they think it's like a black river. There's little things like that, you know, little nods to like, yeah, they're from the 17th century. They have no idea what's going on now. I will say one thing that, that works in this movie's favor is, like you said, it's set, for the most part, in 1993. So it's not like, you know, they, they tried to act... Yeah, you know, this is it's current and it was for the time, but as as time has gone on, that movie has stayed in 1993. Mhm. It's not like, you know, if you were to watch um what's a what's a movie that has famously not aged well? That hasn't aged well? Yeah. I feel like it might be more of a TV show thing because TV shows when they when they're on long enough, they try to tie in current events. Mhm. And then they're not relevant after like, I don't know, a month. Yeah, cuz I can think of one right now that's like not going to do well later is this is us because it's so tied to what's currently going on several years down the road it's not going to be relatable at all yeah i could see that yeah i think you're right it's uh it it has it stayed in 1993 boy did it (laughs) yes it did man it was 90s all the way the the style even the bullies reminded me of like the two guys from power rangers see i was thinking they were just kind of like a like a G-rated, almost like someone looked at Clerks, which didn't come out for a couple years after this movie, but whatever. But they looked at Clerks and they're like, Jay and Silent Bob, mm. what if we put them in a movie for ten-year-olds? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the design that they went with, kind of grunge, but like not really grunge. Well, you know, it's interesting about all of these characters, at least the chi- the children in this show or in this movie, Jay and Ice, the two bullies. They have actually had some of the... They've been the most successful. Of, have they really? Yeah, because uh, Tobias, who played Jay, has been in Stranger Things and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And then Larry Bagby, uh, who played Ice, was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Walk the Line. I mean, the one guy couldn't have been too successful because he doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. The Larry guy? Uh, no, Larry Bagby has one. The other guy oh. doesn't. Tobias Jelinek. We're gonna we're gonna search him so I can pull up his IMDb. 
And then you have Thora Birch, who played Danny, the little sister. She's been in The Walking Dead. That's the most recent thing she's been in. And then uh, Vanessa Shaw, who played Allison, has been in 310 to Yuma. That's like the most successful thing I think I saw a for her. very underrated movie. It's, yeah, it's not very, good. very good. It's not, a, it's not a good Western. There are much better ones, but... It's enjoyable. Well, for ones who have come out recently, a lot of the good Westerns are still from, like, the 60s. To Tombstone. It's not from the 60s, but it's a really good one. I've never seen Tombstone. <sighs> Don't talk to me. If I, uh, was, if I was going to watch a Western from the <laughs> 90s, I would 100% watch Unforgiven. Okay. All right. I can see that. Which I also have never seen. Um, and then uh, Omri Katz, who played Max, he has not been in anything. His career did not take off after this movie. I mean, I feel like that that happens almost frequently with like with Disney movies like that. Well, it's just interesting because he was the lead role and yet he's the one that didn't take off at all. So yeah, this is a movie that, you know, interestingly enough, when it came out, well, I guess it's not surprising. But first off, it came out in July of all times. July 16th, 1993. Oh, that's hilarious. Did not do well at all. Failed in the box office. But then probably three or four years later after that movie, it just became a huge hit. And they started replaying it on Disney Channel uh, because Disney got their own cable channel and started showing their old movies and people loved it. They fell in love with it again. Um, and so it became this really big kind of cult classic uh, that, you know, they show at the drive-in, they show in theaters around Halloween, but uh, it's really gained popularity since it's been in theaters. Uh, so it lost Disney a lot of m- money. Initially. Um, initially, yeah. Since then, it's done really well. And then, of course, like John said, the sequel is currently in development and is going to release on Disney Plus. Which I still, I still have a hard time with that because, like I said, it yeah, what is, are they gonna do? Like, you can tie a movie up with a bow, and then you can do what this like this movie ends final. There is nothing else. You know, it would make sense. They could, they really could do a prequel because the three sisters, they've all the actresses have aged. Hmm. And so they really could do a prequel because when we first meet them, they're like really old hag looking, like they've got a lot of bumps and lines and, you know, they they look really bad. So now that they've aged, you really could like, it would fit that setting. But at the same time, you know, mocap has come so far, motion capture has come so far. Like you could have them mocap their performances and digitally de-age them. It's absolutely possible. Do they want to put that much money into it, though? Are you familiar with the nostalgia culture 90s kids have fostered? That's true. That's true. Can you imagine? People people our age live for nostalgia because it's it's safe. It's what they know. It's re-watching the same movie over and over again because you know it and you know you like it. And you can quote it the whole time. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't be at all surprised if they did. Plus, I mean, it's a Disney. Like <laughs> they got the money. Are, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could they could afford a little bit of a loss. I think the biggest variable variable would be what the cast would want to get paid. 
if they if they took like low low salaries or some type of like percentage base then they could reallocate a lot of budget to digital mm-hmm. and like costuming and all of that and i wouldn't be at all surprised if that happens well it's a uh classic halloween movie now i know we've kind of been talking about the good and the bad and the ugly about it but what's some things that you just like were like this is just horrible <laughs> The entire first third of this movie. Okay. The particularly the the writing of the little sister of Danny. Her lines are cringe. I mean, she's a I mean, she was a child actor, so I know I know she was doing her best, and I can't really slight that because it's still better than I could have done. I did have to. I Jay mentioned when when we had decided this is what we were gonna do. He he had watched it before me, and he was like, hey. Uh, I know you have a tendency to turn things off when you don't like them, and I'm <laughs> I'm gonna need you to power through this. And I almost didn't, to be honest with you, just because the it was so bad. The she was talking talking trash about Mac about his crush on Allison to Allison, and I was like, nah, nah, I'm not about that. And then when this is so, it's like it starts out, it's like a solid one out of ten. And then the sisters come back, and it, it creeps up to a four for me. So from, from that point on, I was like, this is a serviceable, watchable movie that I would, if I were to rewatch this movie, I would skip to when he lights the candle. Start it there. The black flame candle made from the fat of a hanged man. No, made of the, the fat of an executioner. Oh, is that what it was? I thought that's what it was. Oh, okay. Of a hangman. I don't know. I I am not the one that watches this religiously every year but my wife loves it so she could probably quote it now we're Uh, i think we're we're skipping over one of the best scenes which is when the three sisters go to the adult party and which for clarification is just a party for adults not an adult party they did not try to slide that into a kid's movie No, it was just at a party. It was a party full of adults uh, dressed up, and they had a band. Max, of course, jumps up there and is like, Hey, the witches are back, and and they're going to try to kill your kids, and, uh, you know, you got to get out of here. And, of course, everybody's like, It's Halloween. And even the witches, they even realize in that moment, Everybody's dressed up like we're blending in. So they go up onto the stage, and they start singing. And sing that song that I know everybody who has seen the movie is humming in their head right now. Or singing out loud. And Probably singing out loud. And I like that part just because, you know, because then they're also running away from the zombie guy that's got his mouth stitched up. Um, I can't remember his name. but The, the actor name or the character name? The Both. Okay, so the actor name is Doug Jones, which probably doesn't mean anything, but... Have you seen Hellboy? I have seen Hellboy. So you know the the the. Wait, are we talking about the old ones or the new one? I think he was in both. Uh, the the Ron Perlman one, I know for a fact. The the fish guy, you know who I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah, the... that it was that guy. I thought that D- was D- Doug Jones, the guy who plays. So I'm scrolling up again. I thought that was the I William that was, Billy um... Butcherson. He is famous for these high makeup roles so he was in he was in hellboy and he was in pan's labyrinth oh was he the one with the yeah hand eyes yeah oh how about that 
A- Abe Sapien, that's who I'm thinking of, was was this guy. And he's so good. Honestly, he was like one of the best parts of the whole movie. In Hocus Pocus? Yeah. Oh. I so I, like, another... I enjoyed his character, even though he didn't say much through the entire movie. His his character I enjoyed, but again, it was this rapid development of he's a zombie that the witches bring back to life, and part of his history is that uh, he had his mouth sewn shut before he died, or was killed. He was killed. Um, so he comes back to life with his mouth sewn shut because somehow they had thread that would last 300 years in the 1700s, whatever. <laughs> Um, and then in like this climactic moment, he grabs Max. It is Max, right? I already forgot this kid's name. Max. Yeah. Okay. Um, and Max has like a Swiss army knife and he takes the knife from Max and everyone's like, oh no, what's going to happen in this kid's movie? Are they going to murder the child protagonist? And, um, he takes the knife and he cuts the stitches and then joins their side immediately. He's like, ah, oh, I've wanted to tell you for 300 years that you can suck rocks. And then he's just on their side and is super valuable to, to defeating the witches. I'm just like, that happened so quickly. Yeah, such a quick turn of events. Like, I'm just imagining someone, like, writing that plot and they're just like, oh, we're running out of budget, aren't we? Uh, the zombie changes sides. He was, uh, he was there, he was also at the party, and he's, you know, they're all running away from from the zombie guy she's singing this song and everybody's dancing and uh and then she says in the song you're gonna dance until you die and then i love that because then the movie ends the credits are rolling and they go back to the parents and it's morning and they're finally leaving and they literally had been there all night dancing and if they had if the witches had succeeded then the, all the adults in the building would have danced until they died. Can you imagine? So, like, pick a pick a time vaguely after midnight that that scene would have happened, right? Mm-hmm. Or even no, that would have that would have had to be before midnight because all the parents were still there. And I want to think, even in 1993, these parents are responsible enough that they would go home to their children, and they could not all have found babysitters on Halloween. Well, yeah, and Max, you know, they go back to their house because they think that they've defeated the witches, you know, because they put them in the big kiln for the pottery. They think that they've killed the witches, and then they get back to the house, and Max looks at the clock, and I think he says, I think he looks at the clock and he goes, huh, one they they're still not home. They must be yep. having a crazy night. And then even when they get up in the middle of the night, like it's early, early morning, like maybe, you know, four, five o'clock in the morning, sun's still not up. And they, he goes to their bedroom door and he's like, oh, still not home. But just so think about how long that would be on your feet, actively dancing is, is what I was getting at. Like that's a long time. I would be, I would be down for the count for days (laughs) after that. Yeah. Like all the parents they're like so they're stumbling out of it like it's their first frat party. And they're all just like I regret this decision. And I'm just like I would be passed out on the floor in there. Yeah. Like I'm not moving. I'd be sleeping there for a little while. I am I am an exceptionally out of shape individual with like cardboard ankles. <laughs> I would not have a good time. But also 
if we're if we're trying to put ourselves in this situation, I likely would not have gone to a giant party on Halloween anyway. Yes, that's me as well. So, I guess that's a as as Joey would say, that's a moo point because that's <laughs> like a cow's opinion. It doesn't matter. But uh, in the end, they end up defeating them. It took several tries to finally get the witches destroyed, but they do. Winifred turns into a statue. And then Mary and Sarah both explode when the sun comes up. But then, so Winifred turns into a... So, one of the things Binks, the talking immortal cat, establishes early in the movie is that the witches cannot set foot on hallowed ground, which includes a cemetery, which that's what happened at the end. Winifred walked in the cemetery, and then she turned to stone, and then when the sun hit her when she had turned to stone, she turned to dust. I forgot about that. I part. thought that was. I I honestly think it would have been a lot cooler if they had left her as, as a, a statue. as a statue. Yeah, I think that would have been way cooler. But they didn't ask us. <laughs> no, they did not. They I've definitely didn't so, ask you. You were a little young. I've been trying so hard to try to find a way to work that into an episode. <laughs> Good job. And it's Everybody's never like, worked. Hey, he said the thing. He said the thing. Oh man! But it finally ends. Uh, Thackeray actually ends up dying. No, you're going to refer to him as his feline name, Binks. Binks ends up dying, which is fine. He had been alive for a very long time. I think he deserved to pass on. I mean, I agree, but at the same time, it was never established that his immortality ended when the witches died. No, it didn't. So I think it's a better end to the movie if his immortality ends, but he's allowed to live out a natural life Mm. with... Max and Danny and their family. Like I think that's a better end to that movie than oh yeah, let me come back in my Seinfeld frilly shirt, walk I don't with be my a pirate. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and be be my ghost self with my sister who was my motivator for this whole movie but no one else cares about anymore. Like I don't know. I think it would have just like the it would it ends better if they pan back Max, Allison, Danny and Binks walk into the sunrise and then they fade to credits it ends better that way possibly i don't know i i don't really know how it could have ended better i mean everything kind of tied up at the end you know except for the fact that the book's eye you know the the main witch had a book the whole time that had a human eye in the middle of it and it would look around it only responded to the witches and at the end the eye opens back up. So I guess there could be that possibility that they survived. I don't know. But that's how it ends, actually. Yeah, it I I don't I don't we'll have just do enough. a scale of one to ten if you yeah, want. I don't I don't have enough basis to do a creative scale. Yeah. Because if you rate it as a Halloween movie, I don't think there's enough to be a true scale. If you rate it as a nineties Disney movie, like how do you compare anything to Beauty and the Beast, if we're being real? So, like, I think 1 to 10 is the way to do this, and I already did slip my ranking in here. I think this is a 4. A 4? Yeah. I would put it at maybe a 5, possibly a 6, just because of the popularity that it's gained over the years, and it's kind of become a classic. I mean, I'm going to argue just because it's popular doesn't make it good. No, but I think there's enough people that love it and really care about it that I'm going to give it a little higher rating. That's fair. Um, but I will say one thing that, uh, my wife pointed out about this movie that 
I hadn't really thought about before. But one thing that they don't really do anymore is make Halloween movies like this that are geared more for kids. Like, it's not really something you see anymore. You know, some other movies that John and I had kind of been tossing around as far as what to review for our Halloween episode was we had thought about Nightmare Before Christmas or... I'm I'm still a little salty we didn't do that one, but... uh, Coco was another one. I think Nightmare Before Christmas is going to be the movie we watch at the local theater this coming up week. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I'm trading watching it on my couch for going to the theater, and, I mean, I'm, I'm content with that. But, you know, uh, even, like, The Great Pumpkin, you know, Charlie oh, Brown. Oh, man. You know? I didn't, even, I didn't even think about a Charlie Brown special. Yeah, because, I mean, they just they don't really do that anymore, which I feel like they are kind of missing out on doing that. Yes, because no. you make it fun. You would you would have to get the tone of it just right, and I mean, like you had said, even a, a super super recent one that we we talked about was Coco, and even that's not a true Halloween movie. Right, it's, it's more... just kind of the the tone of it, the kind of look of it is the same for the season, but culturally, it's a completely different uh, setting. Would you say that would be because people who are going to see movies are going to be more towards like yeah, let's watch another, like, Michael Myers Halloween movie. That type of thing. Because, I mean, they did just start remaking those movies. What's that? Which movies? The uh, Michael Myers Halloween. I mean, they're a classic. I mean, you could argue, so is Nightmare Before Christmas. So is Hocus Pocus. I don't know. And and Hocus Pocus is getting a sequel, so... Well, why don't we jump into the last bit of our episode which is what you doing what you doing um well when this episode releases the open beta for all platforms for call of duty black ops cold war will have just ended i didn't play the playstation weekend but i did play the alpha um i heard that the playstation beta leaps and bounds better than the alpha and the alpha wasn't bad so um super high expectations for um cold war uh fifa came out then i'm super excited about it because my beloved nashville sc is finally in the game um so i've been playing a good chunk of that Warzone with my with my buddies not really watching a whole lot to be honest with you mainly soccer and playing call of duty <laughs> i have a very boring life it's not boring no it, it, I, i'm content calling it boring but it's enjoyable so you enjoy it that's fair and that's the main thing. Uh, well, I have been... I just finished up The Boys Season 2 uh, on Amazon. The uh, villain of... Everybody feels like a villain in this show, but I guess the the, the main villain uh, really got what she deserved at the end, which was great. Oh, you said she. That means you don't consider Homelander the villain. He is one of them. But he's not he was the not the worst bad. of the worst in okay. this season. There was one that was really bad. Okay. I've, um, I've never watched an episode, so... Let's see. Oh, I just... Today, I just finished up um, Overlord, which is a J.J. Abrams movie. Um, basically, it's, it's, n- it's basically Nazi zombies... But it's got a better explanation for it than that. But I really enjoyed it. It was actually a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. I mean, given the fact that you said J.J. Abrams and Nazi zombies, I have low expectations. 
because when you say J.J. Abrams, I think lens flare. And there were no lens flare. No way. None at all. There was I, not lens flare don't one single it. time. Nothing. I, I can't believe it. Yep. Didn't happen. Lens flare is to J.J. Abrams like uh, her is to Creed. Yeah, it was uh, it was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, it's rated R uh, and and pretty gory, but um, not bad as far as the story goes. It actually it was really cool because it was one of those movies that like it fit into history, like the way that it went down. It was that one of those have, movies that must that's... have not made it in my in my U.S. history class when the Nazis had zombies and we had a n- nuclear deterrent. You must have been sick that day. Yeah, I must have been out. Yeah, but it was really cool because, you know, you had, like, it fit in there. So, like, it could be a part of history, but maybe one that never got talked about. And then, other than that, um, I just bought a new game. Uh, WB, Warner Brothers, had a sale on all their games recently. And I was going, my son wanted me to buy Batman. But because you could get all three of them for, like, $26. Oh, that is actually really appealing. But I have played all of them, and I'm not really one to play a game multiple times, especially if it's a a really long game like those. So I got uh, Shadows of War, the um, sequel to uh, Shadow of Mordor. Which is basically just Lord of the Rings Assassin's Creed. Pretty much, but it's freaking awesome. <laughs> No, I'm not I'm not using that to knock it. Like Arkham City is just Assassin's Creed Batman and yeah. I love Arkham City. Oh man. The uh yeah, I I haven't played it yet. I've been sucked into uh Red Dead Redemption 2, so I haven't come yeah, out you wanna, that yet. Yeah, you you want to talk about a long game. Yeah. Red Dead is massive. Uh, anyway, that's what I've been up to. You have a, a much more varied life than I do. I'll say that. <laughs> Um, but anyway, if, if, uh, any of our beloved listeners have requests for something for us to watch, play, listen to, if they have an audiobook that they love, I don't know. Um, Hey, I'd listen to an audiobook. Yeah. Uh, let us know, reach out to us. You can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash they didn't ask us. Um, you can, you know, reach out to us on a, on a post. Um, or you can you can DM us. You can shoot us an email. They didn't ask us at gmail.com. I, I know I get those notifications pushed to my phone, and sometimes I get real confused when I don't realize what email account I'm getting this notification for, and it throws me a little bit. And then if you want to leave us an audio message for a chance to be featured on a future episode, I say chance like it wouldn't happen. If you leave us a voice message and are cool with it being in an episode, it's probably going to happen. Um, so you could do that on our anchor profile at anchor.fm slash they didn't ask us. And all of those, all of those links are, um, obviously no spaces or punctuation because internet internet. So we would absolutely love to hear from you. So the next, next episode will be beginning of November, right? That's right. This year is finally winding down and I'm, we're going to review the West wing. All of it. I'll have to start now. Golly. I'm kidding. We're not actually going to review the West. No, I, I, I figured, but I'm just like wondering what that would entail. 
of like, oh yeah, you know this like methodical, dense show. And I, I don't mean that as an insult to it. Obviously, it's a very well-regarded show. But like, you, I don't think you can really binge The West Wing to watch it the first time. No, you really can't. It's a show that you have to take in and appreciate, and you have to do that with proper pacing. And correct, even even with like, what would this be like, two and a half weeks? Nah, <laughs> can't do it. Well, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me at the nerd is underscore in. And then, did you say our Instagram for the show? I didn't because I keep forgetting about it. That's all right. We've got our Instagram up now. They didn't ask us. Be sure to follow us on there. We are probably going to go back to our roots and do some more comics in our next show. Um, I actually got some con, uh, got a contact who said that with all the different variations of, of superheroes out there and all the different runs of comics, he wanted to know which ones are the best ones to read, uh, in our opinion. He asked us, and so we're going to give him what he, he wants. He does know the name of the show is they didn't ask us, right? Yeah, they didn't, but he did. But he did? Okay, I, w- I was wondering where the where the, the line was. Yeah, there's the tie-in. Okay. Um, but he does so much better than I did. I've been trying to do that for like three episodes. We, um, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be doing that next time. And I am really excited about that. Um, but until then, uh, you guys have a happy Halloween and, um, be safe. I know that everybody's Halloween is being, it's weird this year, but, uh, I mean, Hey, it's Halloween. You can wear a mask. So just go as a surgeon. Or a doctor, or a nurse. Or a werewolf. Wear a werewolf mask. Standard <laughs> Halloween apparel. We're screen. You got anything else, John? Uh, just the standard. You can find me, Twitch and Twitter, jmuller8332. Streams uh, are probably going to be mostly weekend for now, as I, I just started a new job. I'm trying to get in that rhythm. Keeping the brand consistent. Always. Well, guys, we will see you in two weeks, and until then, nerd out. Thank you for listening to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, we would love to hear from you. You can reach the show by email at theydidn'taskus at gmail.com. Whether you just discovered our podcast or have been a longtime listener, If you enjoy what we are doing, please take a moment after the show, give us a review, and also give us a rating. Tune in next time to hear more random nerdy thoughts and opinions from your new favorite podcast.